Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 3. Here's Pastor Ryan. Um, turn with me in your Bibles, if you will. Let's get right into it. For uh, Second Chronicles in the Old Testament will be in chapter 3. And I think we only did one verse last Wednesday, which, uh, I don't know. I, I try not to pattern myself, just however the Holy Spirit leads. But I think we only did one verse. So, um, anyhow. Are we all there? Chapter 3, Second Chronicles? And Father, we do thank you again for your tremendous love for us, Lord, and, and just how you have called us. You've called us and out of the world to be your sons and daughters. And we're just so grateful tonight, Lord, that we have you as our God and as our Father. And you're the one who loves us, cares for us, protects us, teaches us. You guide us and in your ways, Lord. And tonight, as we open up your book, may you give us spiritual eyes to see. Give us discernment, Lord. Touch the inner man and woman, Lord. Remove pride and any sin that hinders, Lord, from us receiving what you want to say tonight. I pray that you would soften hearts, both of us here and those watching and those listening. Just soften hearts, Lord. Remove, Lord, the fog that the enemy wants to to place on all of us and, and, and the deception that he has in the world, Lord. We just pray for clarity, for people to get saved. Bless the word. Pour out your grace. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. All right, so in Second Chronicles chapter 3, as you know, Solomon has begun finally to build the temple of the Lord. And uh, as you know, it was on his father's heart, King David, to build it. But because he was a man of war, uh, the Lord uh, said, no, not you. you. You've shed too much blood. But God nonetheless was, was blessed at the sentiment at David's heart that he would want to, to bless God with the house. After all, he had a palace. Shouldn't God have something better than just a tent? And so it was on his heart to bless God. That's where the temple, you know, basically comes from, just the heart of King David uh, desiring to bless the Lord. And so God promised him that one day he, through his lineage would come the Messiah, that uh, his son uh, of his lineage one day will have a throne that will know no end. And that is speaking of Jesus Christ, of course, the Messiah who would come uh, about a thousand years after the fact. But uh, uh, King Solomon, his son, is the one that God has called to go ahead and build it. And in this chapter, he finally begins to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, which was just a, a, a spot that's, you know, super important to the Israelites. It was there that uh, God appeared to Solomon's father, King David, there uh, uh, on Mount Moriah and, and, and uh, relented uh, from destroying Jerusalem because of the census that David had, uh, you know, wrongly uh, uh, 
had done. And so it's also the place where way back in Genesis, Abraham, the, you know, the father of faith, uh, Father Abraham, where God tested his, his, his faith, his, his love. Oh, he loved Isaac so much, uh, uh, his son uh, with his wife, Sarah. And, and so the Lord tested him and, 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 you know, directed him to Mount Moriah of all the mounts. And that is where he said to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And you know the story. Uh, he pulled, God pulled back right when the knife was up. And so uh, now uh, God knew that Abraham's heart was right with God. And so God did indeed uh, provide the lamb for the sacrifice. And it hasn't happened in our story yet, but we know the story that Jesus Christ, our Lord, was crucified in Jerusalem, Mount Moriah, um, there on Golgotha, the place of the skull, translated in, uh, from Latin to English. It's Calvary, from where we get our church name, Calvary, place of the skull. And so Jesus died on Mount Moriah. And this is where King Solomon is laying the foundation of the temple and um, like we spoke last time what a greater place uh, to build the foundation of the temple of the lord than the place where jesus would eventually provide atonement for the sins of mankind and so we as believers as christians we we need to build our lives upon the rock uh, which is jesus uh, there is no greater foundation than him in fact paul would write to the corinthians in first corinthians chapter 311 for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid which is jesus christ if if there's going to be a solid foundation it's going to be on jesus christ everything else is sinking sand and so uh we know jesus himself said it in matthew 7 such a beautiful beautiful uh, parable uh, that that where he said whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall and so jesus uh, lets the world know lets us know as his disciples that if if you're going to have a, a life that's lasting and solid it needs to be founded on his word not just the hearing of it not just going to church to hear it or or maybe write down a note but actually apply it to our lives and to do what jesus says that's the most important foundation that any of us can have that we are a church and a people that does what jesus says there's a couple places in the bible where it says do not add to his word you know lest the lord rebuke you in revelation don't add to his word don't take away from his word just do what it says in the proverbs it says it as well so in those two places we're told honor his word if you love me jesus said you'll keep my commands what's important for a foundation for a christian is that we honor the lord and so how is your foundation tonight and i'm a very i'm a fundamentalist when it comes to christianity i believe in the fundamentals of the christian faith i think that we need to be a, a people that prays a people that studies a people that fellowships and if we're missing in any of those things i totally 
believe in and I and, you know that I'm biblical in my thought in this that you are slipping if you do not read your Bible I believe you are slipping if you do not uh, fellowship you know there's many people who 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 say they're just enamored with Jesus but but they don't fellowship with anybody they don't go to church or you know I just I you know there's a biblical stance that says you're slipping you're 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 not where you need to be the foundation is weak so it's the prayer life it's the study of the word it's the fellowship all of those things so how is your foundation tonight is your life built on the word of the lord or are you building on other things is jesus your master passion or has jesus been placed in the back seat is jesus your master passion because if he's not then we're slipping do you cry out daily for the lord i i read a beautiful psalm today in my devotion psalm 63 i want you to turn there with me because i i think it's perfect for what we're talking about that's psalm 63 it's perfect because you see the love of King of David when he, when he is, you know, in writing this psalm, you see his love and his, and his need uh, for the Lord to, to be his everything. That's Psalm 63, and give me an amen once you are there. And he wrote this when he was in the wilderness of Judah, you know, running for, for his life. And he says in verse 1, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I looked, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you, thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be, shall be satisfied as with um, morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Do you see how relational that is with David and God? Like he's, I've, in early will I seek you. My soul follows you. In the night watches, I meditate upon you. In the night watches, it's like throughout my day, I am hungry, I am thirsty for you Jesus that's abiding in God that's a strong foundation if we live that way you name the situation in your life Jesus will work that out it's when we 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 make him our foundation we make him the priority the master passion that's where we see blessings that's where we see healings that's when we see open doors that's where we receive strength and peace and everything is founded upon jesus our rock and all we have to do is seek him early and seek him late and seek him in the middle and so Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the place that David had prepared uh, on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And he, Solomon, began to build on the second day of the second month 
in the fourth year of his reign. And so here we have a, a little timeline on the second day of the second month in the fourth year of Solomon's uh, uh, reign. And uh, the best biblical Bible chronologists, they, they calculate the date that he begins to build in 966 B.C., that's 966 B.C. And the writer of 1 and 2 Kings, he writes in chapter 6 of 1 Kings, he, he interestingly mentions that Solomon began to build 480 years after Exodus, which is pretty cool. You know, Exodus being mentioned in 1 Kings uh, six out of nowhere just to say just to let the reader know that it's 480 years after exodus and so they go back uh from the 966 bc timeline and they um they guess that uh, the exodus happened in 1446 bc that's uh, just some interesting facts the application is that it's interesting to some and it's interesting to not some <laughs> but it was interesting to me you know so I mentioned it um, verse 3 says this is the foundation which Solomon laid for building the house of God the length was 60 cubits uh, by cubits according to the former measure and the width 20 cubits and so uh, uh, here is the foundation it's 60 cubits uh, long and 20 cubits wide. A cubit is the length between your elbow and the longest part of your furthest extended finger. That's a cubit. Um, so it's about 18 inches or a foot and a half. That's what a cubit is. So the foundation, the width of it was basically 90 feet long and 30 feet wide about twice as big as the tabernacle was, but yet still a very small building than what we would think the temple has been. And so uh, um, in verse 4, it says, And the uh, vestibule that was in front of the sanctuary was 20 cubits long across uh, the width of the house, and the height was 120 and so this vestibule or portico is called it's actually the porch the front of this the, the the porch that's in front of the sanctuary there was a a porch uh with two pillars and that is what it's referring to the porch in front of the main sanctuary the holy place of the of the temple that's what it's talking about the vestibule the the porch in front of it it was um 30 feet uh wide so it was just as wide as the main sanctuary so just just picture uh this court and uh the entire width of the main building was 105 or it was also 105 feet long and so Again, there's this portico or this porch that is there. Um, obviously, it would look out of the outer court as we sang up upon tonight. In the, in the outer court, you had the brazen altar where all the sacrifices would be, would be done in the outer court. 
and those priests standing on the porch can look down upon all the sacrifices and there was also the the huge uh, sea bath where the priests would wash their hands and cleanse themselves after the sacrifice so really the first portion of the temple is the outer court where the sacrifices would be made where the priests would you know do the the, the slaughtering uh and and the the wave offerings and all and the people would bring their animal sacrifices and also would be the place of washing so it, it's all a shadow of things to come it speaks of the blood of christ cleansing us of our sins one day and that's what it represented and the sea uh, the giant sea bath where they would wash themselves afterwards. It's, it's what one day Jesus, by faith, would wash us completely clean of our sins. And so it's the outer court, and this beautiful uh, portico or porch was there. That's the vestibule that was in front of the sanctuary and was 20 cubits long across the width of the house, and the height was 120 he overlaid the inside uh, with pure gold. And uh, the larger room, uh, he paneled with cypress, which he overlaid with fine gold. Now, the larger room here now is speaking of what is called the holy place, right? As we sang upon, about, about the holy place tonight as well. So that's the sanctuary, the bigger structure. So you have the outer court you have the porch then you have the holy place and that is the place where only the priest can go in there you had the table of showbread you had the golden lampstands you also had uh anybody want to tell me not yet that's the next room so we had the show oh the the um altar of incense that's the one i have it written but on a wednesday night I should look at my notes. So you, <laughs> so you had the, show, the table of showbread, you had the, the, um, the golden lampstands, and you had the altar of incense where prayers were offered up to the Lord. And so this was called the holy place. And I, I've never heard it just simply be referred to as the larger room. But it does. It's the larger room. So... Uh, who, who knew? So the larger room is the holy place. It's the place where, where only the priest can go in there. No one else can go beyond that outer court. Amen? We, we have that picture. And it says here about the, the, holy, or the, yeah, the holy place, the larger room, he paneled with cypress, which is overlaid with fine gold. And he carved palm trees and chain work on it. And so there's very uh, beautiful inscriptions of, of, of palm trees in the wood and just beautiful, just chain work, um, fine gold. Verse 6, and he decorated the house with precious stones for beauty and the gold was gold from uh, Parvaim. He also overlaid the house the beams and doorposts, its walls and doors with gold, and he carved cherubim on the walls. And so uh, this, this holy place was decorated very beautiful with, with, uh, with precious stones and fine gold. It was just stunning, breathtaking, because it's a picture of heaven, basically. The, the tabernacle in the wilderness, the tent, 
was also laid out very distinctly, very, you know, uh, to the measure, to God's measurements, because it was a picture of heaven. And so all of these beautiful um, uh, materials that are being used here, it's to, you know, let the world know that, you know, this is a, a, what, just a taste of how beautiful heaven is. And, you know, God still shows us in his creation a little taste of how heaven is going to look like in the very beauty that we see around us. Can I, can, I was talking about it with Chris Guerrero. We were out here talking about some beauty and, or traveling or something. And if, you know, look at the mountains around us, the grandeur and the, the pine trees and the green and the colors and the blue and, and the sun. And, you know, you, you, you drive into Yosemite Valley and it's breathtaking. You, you think that you're, you know, you made the wrong turn and ended in, in, in some part of heaven. It's so stunning. There are places and those are like my favorite kind of things to look at in the Internet. One of the famous, I mean, my favorite things is just beautiful places, Iceland and, and Hawaii and just beautiful places in the world because why? Because it gives us a little taste of the beauty of heaven. Obviously, heaven's going to be way more beautiful, but it's still a picture of how beautiful uh, uh, heaven is. I mean, this, this large room or the holy place is overlaid with pure gold, paneled with cypress, overlaid with gold, and carved palm trees, speaking of fruitfulness, chain work, you know, precious stones. There's so many beautiful things here. And in Revelation 21, we have a picture of heaven that all of us can read about, you know, when you have a moment, maybe tonight or tomorrow morning, read Revelation 21 and, and you can, we can look at, get a description of the place we're going to go one day. In Revelation 21, John, the revelator, the writer, he said, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It's so beautiful. It's like a bride adorned for her husband. Heaven's going to be uh, stunning. He talks about seeing a, a massive wall there. And the construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation of this wall was jasper, the second sapphire, the third uh, chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth uh, sard sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh uh, chrysolite, the eighth uh, beryl, the ninth topaz, I know that one, the tenth uh, chrysoprase, the Seventh, uh, Jacinth, uh, the twelfth, uh, Amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. There you get the pearly gates. Each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. So now you see why why it was made in such a way, just to show the world heaven's real, and that's just a taste. We see the beauty. Paul would write in Colossians 2.17 that these things are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is Christ. It's a taste. So travel. Get outside of your box. You're a Christian. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Go enjoy yourselves. 
The days of being afraid to travel should be over. Amen. You're a Christian. Be careful, obviously, but get out and smell the roses. Go for a hike and see his beauty. 1 Corinthians 2, Paul would write to the Corinthians, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Quoting Isaiah 64.4, I mean, I, you know, we have, not, we have no idea how beautiful heaven is. Our loved ones who know the Lord are blown out of their minds. I want, to, I want my mind blown one day. Speaking of heaven, you know, we exhort those who may, you know, everyone I think is born again here, but, but, but you know, we want to get people to get to heaven, don't we? We don't want to be the only ones to see that beauty. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.